0: Gondwana Records Podcast Welcome back to another episode of Gondwana Records Podcast My name is Marie and I'm sitting down with Matthew Halsall, Trumpeter, composer, producer and the label founder of Gondwana Records It's been 15 years since the start of his career His latest album is called An Ever-Changing View and he is walking us through the open approach in making this album.
1: I think I started to think of the chimes as an example as the sparkle of the sunlight on the sea, you know, sort of bright silver sparkling light and then things like the, um, the shells and seeds and the bottle tops represented the sort of sound of the waves on the beach with the shells and the sort of pebbles and, and things like that
0: the percussion demonstration was really really fun in the last episode and in this episode we continue our conversation on an ever-changing view and have a Q&A session at the end so stay tuned
1: It was made was me looking at different views whilst composing. I always like titles that have a double meaning, so there was the immediate and then there was where I live in Manchester is constantly changing, like they're building skyscrapers and big buildings all the time, so every time I go into the city the view changes. Uh, politically the landscape is so it's changed so much in the last 10 years or all sorts of think reasons why that title mattered to me like my opinions uh, the older I get the more I grow I have a different view and a different opinion um, so yeah it, it worked in every sense of like a nice title.
0: As a label boss and um, a band leader, you give opportunities to musicians to create and express, Uh, but on this album you commissioned your first own instruments and other artworks and um, you seem to be very into giving opportunity to artists. Can you tell us more about that?
1: We work with a lot of artists and graphic designers, which I'm really proud to support. I was quite keen on commissioning both instruments to be made, which a commissioned two people, uh, and also to get... Sp- I love Bauhaus tapestries and artwork, um, and became obsessed with the idea of commissioning an artist to make a tapestry for the album cover. So. My brother, who was living in, in London, Daniel, that's the graphic designer for the record label, had a studio in a place called Art Hub in Deptford. And he did an exhibition, and the tapestry artist, Sarah Kelly, was also in that exhibition. It was like a joint kind of exhibition of multiple artists. Something that she was doing in Senegal which, you know, really connected to the music that I was making in the sense of a lot of the instruments on the album, like the kalimba, is West African. And uh, a lot of the music I really liked when I was making the record was West African. So having an artist who'd gone out there and done a community project with Tapestries and built this amazing tapestry in a location that kind of had a sound that was on the record then really pulled me into commissioning there to do something in that we could use for the artwork and on tour. I don't like things having one single-use purpose and and then being thrown away or kind of Or whatever so so the idea that you could have this tapestry on this frame that could go on tour with us could be in press photos and music videos and be the album artwork was like the multi-dimensional side of it was really really appealing Um, so I commissioned her to go and make two giant tapestries that could be flat packed and travel to my favourite locations the idea was we would shoot them like different views that were relevant to the views I was seeing as a composer so it had the same theme the never changing view the tapestries also were like floating shapes which goes back to the mobile idea and the Calder sculpture art that I love from as long as I can remember going to art galleries I always used to enjoy mobile art that you'd see and uh, Calder's stuff's great so so the shapes are like floating on a loom on a tapestry so, so they also look like strings on a harp uh, so there was this mad mad visual and creative connection like uh, they literally look and feel like art in nature uh, on the photos on the album artwork and the music is art in nature for me. It was amazing. link and listen to the music over and over again. Absolutely loved the music, which is really important. Loved the concept and idea and she'd studied architecture as well, so there's this weird thing where I was writing the music in these architectural beautiful locations. She had studied architecture, her partner is an architect, so her partner helped build the frames because I wanted these almost japanese looking beautiful wooden frames with no screws or they're all made out of organic kind of wooden form and chris made the frame she made the loom and did the tapestries and the hardest bit of the whole process was actually dyeing the wool so i think it was either welsh or english wool that she ended up buying a huge amount of and it, it was all kind of hand dyed to the colours on my references. And that process, concocting the different colours, is, is a bit like uh, you have a, a very, an art in itself, basically. You know, like making any paint colours, you sort of mix in one colour with another to make another colour. And she had to write down every single measurement and work out once it did die and it had dried whether it was right. And then if it wasn't, had to add a teaspoon of something else to make it. That was the hardest bit. And I think we met up more to look at wool colours than we did actually to go through the final uh, approval of the tapestry.
0: How long was that process?
1: About four months in total, three months. The whole start to finish meeting home doing it
0: and this is going to come with you on the tour everywhere
1: yeah yeah so we're trying to work out some stages it might not work on stage so they'll you'll either see them next to the or behind or somewhere near the merch table so you can see them close up because they're really beautiful pieces of art Uh, or they'll be on stage with us um, or both so i love them so much they're really quite a special thing. I haven't figured out how I'm gonna hang them in my house on the walls because they're huge, or where I put them after the tour, so anyone listening that has an idea, uh, or a, if there's an art gallery or community space, maybe I can do something with them once once we've finished this process, but I would love it to have a bigger journey beyond even the touring.
0: tour I want to know how you are gonna present this album live on stage is there gonna be a new challenge for you on the stage
1: I guess so yeah cuz I can't play seven eight layers of percussion and kalimba uh, and Celeste and glockenspiel whilst playing trumpet so (laughs) and I can't certainly can't afford to pay eight other people to to do those things Um, so I think I'm going to have to use some sequencing and sampling. There'll still be the seven amazing musicians, or eight musicians, uh, depending on it, each gig, that are on the record, so it'll be a mixture of beautifully sequenced sample elements with a really beautiful live band, and I can't wait to play it live. and figure out more things with the lighting. I will be playing the triangles live, the hammer triangles on those tracks, uh, which I cannot wait to do as well. So, And I probably will be playing a little bit of percussion, like shaking things when I'm not playing trumpet, because I don't like to sit still on stage. <laughs>
0: Wanna Records podcast Okay, now we're going to move on to the Q&A time where Matt's fan has sent in so many wonderful questions. A question from Scott. Where do you get your inspiration from? Emotions or ideas?
1: Um, I would imagine a bit of both, I guess. I think that if it's an idea, it has to excite you and energize you and sometimes then when you follow through on that idea you have emotions from being like i guess for me the locations inspired me and i felt an emotional feeling when i was there whether it was calmness or excitement or you know whatever there was lots of different feelings that are in the music, 100% in the music. I'm very much a, I feel things a lot when I'm making music, so if it's the kalimba, I react the feeling of the sound of the instrument, the reaction has an emotional reaction. It's hard to say, it's like a um, kind of touch thing, where if you play a kalimba and you f- thumbs and everything related to that instrument you feel things and you hear things uh, the textures the sounds that that's the emotional connected with the I guess the practical side of it um, and I think it's the same with with the trumpet you know you breathe and you kind of it's like a voice a way of me speaking and communicating through melody when I'm playing the trumpet, but I'm always feeling emotions and and reacting to the musicians in the studio or on stage.
0: Question from Jay. Do you see music in colors? Could you tell me a little bit about how you experience music?
1: Well, I guess being a big record collector and DJ there's, there's a couple of things with music. There's remembering exactly where you first heard the music or the live performance. There's the kind of nostalgic association with that experience and the kind of period in your life. When you you're making music, for me, I, I'm, I'm always trying to paint music like like, like landscapes and kind of imagery and colors so uh, I don't press a note on the piano and go that's blue uh, or, or anything like that but uh, there's tonally and and there's this sort of feelings I have when I play a bunch of notes and I look at a view I feel a connection to the two things so if I'm looking out of the window and I see the sea and the sky and the clouds I might be able to find sounds that capture the way I see the world and uh, that's what I've tried to do. So in that sense, yes, I guess you could say this album has a sort of a sea and nautical feel and colour to it, like uh, blue skies and clouds and, and the waves and uh, this me- the metallic, the way the sun reflects on the sea and water I would say that metallic instruments on the album are trying to capture the sparkle and the magic so the chimes and the custom-made triangles and the kalimbas all of those things that are trying to capture the reflective sparkle of the Sun on, on water and then I guess things like the seeds and the more earthy things like a log drum or a xylophone. i trying to capture the trees and the earthy double bass is for some reason, it always sounds really woody and earthy. So in that way, I hear textures and, and visualize things related to instruments. Great question, Jay, thank you.
0: Next question is, coming from Florida and what's the first tune you put on your tour bus playlist
1: that is a really I mean God, what would that be maybe it would be something like Ferris Anders You Gotta Have Freedom like something energetic and exciting or you know it could be a, a, I think it would be an upbeat one because you you're on, on the road, and you're excited. I don't know, I'd have to... I'll go with, with one of the kind of positive, elevating pharaoh tunes, would definitely be a good starting point. There's some Don Cherry in there as well, like Utopia and Visions, or those sorts of magical elevating tracks I like.
0: By the way, um, when I listen to this album, there are so many tunes I think I can dance to. It's a it's a new feeling I can I get from Matthew wholesale world.
1: That's uh, <laughs> that's really good to hear. My dad used to call me horizontal wholesale because I used to always be very laid back and sleepy and dreamy. But I have a lot of energy and I do go to a lot of clubs and dance and. I'm not always like a sloth like creature. And um, this album, first, is probably the first in a while where I feel like I could dance to this music as well. I think I was bouncing and feeling energy right the way through this record process. So.
0: Next question comes from Michelle or Michael Jones. When did you first get into writing original material, which is a really good question because this is a, entirely your composition.
1: I would say I've been making music, whether it's at its most basic on solo piano since I was about 12, 13. And I much preferred making my own music than learning how to play other people's music. I don't know whether that was me being a lazy kind of studier, or but I just felt much happier just playing instruments without rules or restrictions. And I uh, certainly learned a lot from people like producers like Mr. Scruff, uh, DJ, producer. I was in the studio with him, and his descriptions for musicians on how to play their instruments was uh, absolutely uh, hilarious, basically. He, He would say to piano players, imagine you're a mouse nibbling at the keys and doing like, kind of things, and he would put things like plastic bags on the snare drum to get a vinyl crackle, and he would think about playing instruments in a completely different way. And I think I've always been the same. I, I kind of like, I can play trumpet in in an environment where I'm reading music and performing other people's music, but I'm happiest when I'm playing. But I did make a lot of different music before I released jazz. So um, I made an album that was what I would, I guess, best describe as my Beatles album uh with me and two other vocalists. Uh, I'm I'm not a very good singer but I was probably the ringo of the band. Um and uh I I loved making that type of music. I, I played some guitar and bass and drums on that album. And uh I made a lot of electronic music. I still make a lot of electronic music. I've never released it, I don't know why, it doesn't feel... I think it's fun for me, it's a journey, I love experimenting, I love synthesizers and samplers and drum machines, but I don't feel ready to share it with anyone or necessarily that it's that important, it's just me having fun, uh, playing playing around. Um, so I've always been, but the first big jazz compositions I made, uh, and then later released would have been from my early 20s. That's when I started writing jazz music properly.
0: Thank you. Next question is from Joris or Boris. What is the most important advice you would give to fellow musicians looking for ways of expressing themselves through music?
1: I think you have to make music with freedom, and you have to feel a connection to the sounds and the the kind of process that you're going through. Uh, you have to feel things. If you, it has to be honest, and you shouldn't ever worry about fitting in to genres. I think we're in an era now where genres are just so cross-pollinated. Um, you should listen to as much music as possible and really understand the music you like and draw influences from that. It could just be one album that stays with you for 15 years. Some, I've got albums that I still feel very very influenced by that It doesn't have to be loads of things. I think the the time of day that you compose is really important. For me, really early in the morning, really late at night, my brain is in the calmest and most focused place because day-to-day life is chaotic and stressful and those are the times I feel most productive creatively the space that you compose in, as we've discussed, really really matters. Feeling relaxed, comfortable. If you've got a lot of stuff and you feel overwhelmed, completely pack everything down and put one thing in the middle of the room and use that one thing and enjoy the space. It's just got to feel fun from start to finish and work with musicians who you're excited by uh, when you're making the recordings. I genuinely love and I'm curious and excited every time I share new music with the musicians in my band and I never quite know what they're gonna bring to the music. Collaboration is really important I think but at the right time, not too early because you get too many different people's personality not too late, because then it becomes a dictatorship and a kind of really restrictive process. So finding that sweet spot of having a enough clarity with what you're trying to achieve as a composer, but enough space for other individuals to make it more of a special event uh, and celebration.
0: Thank you. My last question would be what was your new discovery by making this album an ever-changing view
1: I think I really like, like I mean I've always liked collaborating but beyond musicians like so more create creators in the sense of making interesting and exotic instruments I now follow an endless amount of inventors and creators that are making instruments because I've become obsessed Collaborating with artists was really good fun, collaborating with music video uh, and camera operators uh, and directors and has been really exciting, lots of ex- things to share from that side. I think I've learnt to be the most open and honest and probably had the most fun in a long time making this record.
0: Okay, thank you very much and congratulations.
1: Always, thank you.
0: WANA Records podcast I hope you enjoyed the last four episodes with Matthew Hussle coming up next we are going to sit down with Hania Rani very quickly of course after maybe first year I recognized that piano is my thing a pianist, composer and musician who just released a new album Ghost thank you for listening and see you on the other side